Welcome to the Herbs with Rosalie podcast, a show exploring how herbs heal as medicine, as food, and through nature connection. I'm your host, Rosalie de la Forêt. I'm an herbalist teacher and the best-selling author of the books Alchemy of Herbs and Wild Remedies. I created this podcast to share trusted herbal wisdom so that you can get the best results when relying on herbs for your health. I love offering up practical knowledge to help you dive deeper into the world of medicinal plants and seasonal living. My goal is that you'll walk away from each episode feeling inspired to start working with herbs in your everyday life. Each episode of the podcast is available on my Herbs with Rosalie YouTube channel, as well as your favorite podcast app. Transcripts and recipes for each episode can be found at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. To get the latest news as well as fun bonuses, be sure to sign up for my weekly herbal newsletter. Okay, grab your cup of tea. Let's dive in. I'm excited to bring you this conversation with Mason Hutchison. My friend Jim McDonald has a saying about Mason. It goes like this. Everyone loves Mason. And it's true. Mason is a kind-hearted herbalist who's also super fun to hang out with. He's also one of my favorite herbal buddies, so you could say I'm biased, but after this episode, I bet you'll agree. One thing that's really special about Mason is how community-centered he is. As you go through this episode, you'll undoubtedly notice that he's constantly mentioning other people, whether it's herbalists that he's learned from, herbal product makers, farmers, you name it. You can also see that intertwined through all the work that he does in the herbal world. For those of you who don't know Mason, he's the founder of Herb Rally, a podcast and website that promotes herbalism, education, and events. He's the co-organizer of one of the longest-running herbal events in the U.S., the Brighton Bush Herbal Conference. He is also on the board of directors for the Eugene T. Festival. Mason was the events and marketing strategist for Mountain Rose Herbs for over a decade, His day-to-day work involved organizing community events such as the Free Herbalism Project, as well as attending herbal conferences throughout the country. He has completed herbalism apprenticeships at the Columbine School of Botanical Studies and the Arctos School of Herbal and Botanical Studies. Mason is a husband, proud father, avid chess, basketball, and ping pong player, spring water gatherer, and an enthusiast in the art of frugal nutrition. Well, welcome, Mason. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, oh, I'm just excited to have a conversation with you. And I wish we were doing it in person as we have so many times before, you know, like we're pre-herbal conference or pre-herbalism project, but it's nice to be able to do it this long distance as well. And I think let's start out. I would love for you to tell us how young Mason found the world of plants and herbalism. It's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm always kind of curious, like, did people have these like idyllic nature-based backgrounds growing up? And, and I'm finding out more and more that a lot of people, they, they're not like, like they don't know it's their path immediately all the time. And that's the, the way it was for me. I would say I had a pretty standard American upbringing, I, I suppose. I would say I found herbalism around the age of 18. And I kind of found it through a couple ways. I would say primarily through nutrition. I, I started becoming very like obsessive about the whole nutrition world. And that was via weightlifting. I was really into like going to the gym and lifting weights and stuff like that. So that really spawned an intense passion for nutrition. I thought I was going to be a dietitian. I also have grown up most of my life. I've had really intense like depression, 
And I found out what you put in your body actually affects your mood. And so that was kind of a catalyst as well. And once I started shifting my diet away from like you say, your standard American diet, my mood started elevating. Mm -hmm. So between, yeah, lifting weights, that, that whole world to helping just feel better in general, nutrition kind of pushed me along, which then led to traditional Chinese medicine and like tonic herbs and that kind of thing. And yeah, I was probably around 18, 19 when all this start was started going down for me. Yeah. I was like obsessed with say goji berries, Hoshuwu, Romania, mm -hmm. all this stuff. And I would, I would buy it from mountain reserves at the, the, the natural grocery store and that's kind of that's kind of like the the original interest in herbs was I'd say traditional Chinese medicine probably Ayurveda as well. And how did you find that information? You know, like were there particular books or just sources of information? You're 18, so this is what like 1984 or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was the year I was born, actually. But yes, <laughs> yeah, just right after high school, I'd say, which was two, 2003. Yeah, I I found books. The internet, probably, I'm guessing. Yeah, definitely books. Like I said, Ron T. Garden's traditional Chinese medicine. I would just devour mm. that. Yeah, Ron T. Garden's book definitely was influential. And then I know one of your teachers, KP Kalsa, right? Like you mm -hmm. studied KP, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I started looking up herbal classes in Eugene, and KP actually lives in Eugene. So I did a probably like a six or eight week course with him at Lane Community College, and I was just loving it. And you know, KP has like the best sense of humor. So he would just have this super dry wit. And he really got me kind of into that Ayurveda world. And like I said before, I was buying herbs from Mountain Rose Herbs. And I know that they moved from Pleasant Hill to Eugene. And I was kind of going through like a lot of life transitions at that point anyways. And I said, you know what, I'm going to quit this whole dietitian thing because I was a dietitian aide at the time at the hospital. And I said, I'm going to get a job at Mountain Rose Herbs. And, and I, I decided to just kind of fully invest my entire life and in being into this whole herbalism world. Also, at the same time around then, I started listening to John Gallagher and Urban to Radio, devoured all of those episodes as well. It was really fun. I felt like I was getting to know all of the herbalists through the, you know, these hour long episodes. I would kind of learn the different herbalist ticks and specialties and all that. That was super fun. So yeah, I would say books, KP Kalsa herb mentor. And then eventually I ended up taking an apprenticeship at the Columbine school. And that was right around the time I started at Mountain Rose Herbs as well. And that's with Howie is the head instructor there. Yep. It was Howie Brownstein and Steven Yeager was co-owner at the time as well. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember how we met Mason? I don't know that I do. It seems like we've just been <laughs> friends forever. I don't know. Probably at a conference. We probably met at a conference, but I just can't remember. Uh, yeah. We would you think an international herb symposium, perhaps? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, maybe. But probably at least. That was the other thing. Yeah, I would say so. Once once I got a job at Mountain Reserves, my job there was doing the events. So I was going to all these different herbalism events. And that definitely blew it wide open for me as well. Yeah, I want to let's hear more about that. Because I bet people would like to hear about, you know, <laughs> like behind the scenes or Mountain <laughs> Reserves at the conferences. Oh, I mean, it was my favorite part of the job. So for close to a decade, I mean, I was helping organize the sponsorships as well as the the tabling and boothing. We also had our own event, the Free Herbalism Project. It's amazing. I just want to interject, Free Herbalism Project. Amazing. <laughs> sometimes online, sometimes in person. It's Which so you've amazing. taught. I think yeah. you might have been the first person to teach <laughs> at two Free Herbalism Projects. So. Yeah, I should add that to my bio, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, first and only, perhaps. 
it was just incredible to get to to <laughs> early on listening to the herb mentor radio and just kind of feeling like I almost knew these herbalists to then get to go and represent this company that I loved and get to associate with all of these herbalists and meet them in, in real life. And no, I just felt super blessed to get to do that for so long. Yeah. And those small tasks, how like sending all, you know, sending all the stuff and your the Mountain Rose Herbs booth was always so great. I feel like that was like where the cool kids hang out. So. <laughs> Actually, I was always there. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And in the, in the early days I had a, you might remember really long hair and a long I beard remember, and yeah. I had toe shoes. I remember being at the Mother Earth News Fair and this couple came up to me and they're like, Hey, can we get a picture of you? Like almost as if I was like some, you know, like, <laughs> prop or something like I don't know I think they were just blown away by how much of a hippie I was well that is hilarious they don't get out much I'm guessing (laughs) I was like sure Uh, but it it was fun well when I think of you I often think of hops because Mm. (laughs) we have enjoyed some beverage some hoppy beverages together once or twice over the years I also think of oats of Vina Sativa. So I'm excited that you chose that and excited to, to hear your thoughts on a Vina Sativa and its many gifts. Where, why did you choose it? Maybe I'll, I'll let you jump in about why, why oats? Yeah. So we, we, well, and thanks for letting me do it too, because I know you had another guest previously that did oats as well. And it's just, we talk about herbal allies. This is easily probably the herb I've consumed the most primarily in, you know, oatmeal and oat straw form. But I didn't, I don't know if I told you this or not, but before, when I knew I was going to be on your show, I was like, I'm going to do some sort of a Venus sativa challenge for myself. So for mm-hmm. 30 days, I, I drank oat straw infusion. This is every day, oat straw infusion, oat top extract. I ate oatmeal. I did Robin Rose Bennett's oats meditation. Uh, which is in her book, The Gift of Healing Herbs. And then I tried to read or watch something on YouTube about Avena Sativa. So I was really trying to immerse myself beforehand. And part of that was probably due to the fact that I was like, well, I consume a lot of oat straw infusion, but I'm not sure how much I'm actually going to be able to offer as far as herbal teaching on this plant, but maybe I'll surprise myself. But I will say, so for me, it's a, it's a plant ally because it's one of those, when I drink the infusion, I immediately just feel grounded. I feel deeply nourished. And I'm sure it's from all of those minerals that it packs in it. It's funny. So other than oat straw, I'll notice maybe I have a sensitive constitution or something, but when I have a, like a nettle infusion, it will legitimately give me insomnia if I have it too late in the day. I think it's, I find it to be too stimulating. Whereas, you know, oat straw is much more grounding. Yeah. It just, if I go without taking oat straw for a long period of time, I, I really notice that my body starts to crave it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I just want to back up a sec with your, your oat straw immersion. Yeah. I love that so much. And I think like if we just stopped there and we're yeah. just like, okay, that's what Mason has to share is that <laughs> you recommend that people do an oat straw immersion for a month or however long. There is just so much wisdom to glean from that. And it's not always like wisdom that you like write down or share, you know, it's like inner wisdom of just knowing what that is for your body to have that herb for that long and that intensively. Yeah. So highly recommend that. We could, we should do a challenge. People write in the comments, let us know, you know, how, how is your challenge going? 
I totally agree. I, I, it's one of those things where you don't want to just blanket statement and be like, everybody should drink oat straw, but I'm like, everyone should drink oat straw. Um, <laughs> I did read, and I'm sure this is common knowledge that there's something in it called, I think it's pronounced avenin that's like related to gluten. So maybe if you're celiac, it might not be a good idea, but I think most people could handle it. And I, and I think people would be surprised with how good they feel, especially not just after one, two, three, four days, just like keep doing it every day just to, yeah, just general maintenance. And yeah, that influx of minerals is so beneficial. Can you share how you make the infusion? Because I think there's going to be some. (laughs) And this probably is blasphemy, but I don't measure at all. I just pour, I just pour oats into a mason jar and I just estimate it because, you know, you do it so many times. I know, I know probably you're supposed to do like one cup, one cup per quart of boiling water. But yeah, basically what I do is I just pour oat straw into a mason jar and then I... You always I, call I, them mason jars? I just said it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our, you know, our friend Jim McDonald asked me once if my middle name was Jar. <laughs> it is not. I think I'm going to add that to your bio. Yeah. Mason Hutchison. <laughs> uh, it's actually Robert. So my initials are Mason Robert Hutchison MRH. So I use that to get a job at Mountain Resorts. I did not know that. <laughs> But yeah, it's just, uh, you know, some, probably a cup, about a cup of oat straw in a mason jar, pour boiling water over it and then stir it. And then I just leave it overnight. And I actually use a sprout screen to strain it out. And there's probably better methods as far as squeezing as much stuff out as possible, but maybe I'm just lazy. I don't know. And I don't know if you could speak to this or not, but I've heard some people say you have to cap the infusion. And I don't see why that would be the case. I, I think perhaps maybe if there's aromatics or something, but I'm just trying to get that mineral content. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even cap it. I just leave it open. And then I wake up in the morning, I strain it out and I sip it on it throughout the day. And it's, I think it's delicious. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is delicious. Yeah. 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 I don't cap either. I will put like a, a towel or something over it and it kind of like keeps the warmth in for longer and mm-hmm helps my double Virgo sensitivity just feel like it's, you know, more proper to Fair cover enough. it. And I just like cover it with a cloth. <laughs> <I don't> <laughs> These idiosyncratic things we do, right? Cause you just do it for a while and you find out what works for you. And so we can take like the standard recipe or the rules to do something, but over time, everyone's going to develop their own habits and ways of doing it. And that is like 100% good. That's, that's exactly right. I mean, in the end, if you're not doing it based on it being too complicated, then, then you're not actually consuming the herb and you're not getting any benefit out of it. So I think my way is good enough and I'm pretty religious about it. I do it almost every night. I'll switch up the herbs, of course, but oat straw is definitely my go-to. Hmm. Yeah. Can I bring up the, your, your robbery? Is that okay? Of course. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's part of it too, actually. uh, Yeah. So this was kind of like, this is just something I noted is Mm -hmm. that so recent for those of you who may not know, recently, Mason was with his wife, Amanda traveling in California. And I'll just tell your story. Should I just tell (laughs) it? Well, I just want to make sure the point is made correctly that um, we're laughing, but it was actually very sad. They stopped for like a half an hour parked in the middle of the day in a crowded area, locked the truck up, left to go get a coffee, came back to a busted window and all of their camera equipment and computers all just gone, like in broad daylight. So, you know, I hear about it from Mason and 
this he's like it's devastating we lost footage you know footage of herbalists that they had been taking lost ten thousand dollars worth of equipment every single piece of clothing that mason owns gone but mason says but they didn't take the oat straw so at least there's that <laughs> and that was just like hilarious amidst yeah. the sadness yeah. yeah and i was actually doing the oat straw challenge throughout that time and it was funny. I actually made some, this isn't a true infusion, but I, I worked with what I had in the hotel room we stayed at. I made a really janky uh, oat straw infusion with some tap water, but I was like, I got to keep it going. So. Oh, look at that commitment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was a totally crappy experience, but I love that you're, there's the silver lining of they didn't take the oat straw. Yeah. And then just to not be a cliffhanger, the herbal community really came together. And although the footage can never be replaced, you're able to get monetary donations so you're able to get back on the road and get camera equipment and laptop together so that was just really awesome it's just so heartwarming to see little you know all these little donations add up from all over and yeah it's great and honestly rosalie i, I can't thank you enough you spearheaded the gofundme for us which yeah i mean i'm getting goosebumps right now is uh yeah. it was it was incredible to you know because you end up being kind of in your own little bubble and then it's like oh my goodness just so many people came forward and and helped out and it was just it was definitely the other silver lining besides the the oat straw was to to feel like that tight-knit community you know mm -hmm. yeah so, absolutely yeah yeah well it was such a little part on for me to play <laughs> um it was really everyone coming together and I think I'm just like, I'm good in an emergency because I'm just very practical minded. So I'm kind yeah. of like, I'm just ready to like do the practical thing. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what else about oats? We talked about the oats straw infusion. When you make it like that, a whole bunch of oats and mm -hmm. we're not talking a tablespoon here. You're talking a, a fair amount of oat straw and then steeping it overnight. So we're getting all like lots of yummy minerals in that. Mm. So that's one way to do it. And then you've also mentioned milky ex milky oats extract, I think you mentioned as well. So yeah, so I bought a few different bottles from different brands, uh, Boho Boto here in uh, Eugene, as well as Mountain Rose Herbs. And then I also stopped at uh, Arcata, their herb shop, Moonrise Herbs. And yeah, so I just bought a bunch of different fresh milky oats extract. And like I said before, I've taken it here and there just for funsies, but I never really incorporate it into my daily life. And after reading about it, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is definitely the herbal medicine that I need, you know, for feeling frazzled, stressed, down. I know it's super good for the nervous system. I will say taking the Ostra infusion, I feel it like deep in me. I, I'm not sure I'm necessarily feeling that from the tincture of the milky oat tops, but I, I could feel good knowing that all these herbalists use it all the time for that. So I'm sure I'm getting benefit out of that as well. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting, you know, I think that is another thing that we can all do is, you know, these try these different methods and then ultimately see what works best for us, not what, what somebody says will work best for us. And sometimes people, you know, it's much easier to find the dried oats than it is fresh oats or even the milky oat extract. It's not hard to find, but it's easier to find the dried oats. Yeah. Sometimes people feel bad because they don't have the fresh stuff. And I'm, I think it's important to, you know, use what you have that's, you know, easy for you to get. And like you're saying, it sounds like you have more affinity with the, the dried oats infusion. I think so. I just, yeah, I immediately feel grounded. Yeah. And besides that, I do you want to keep talking about the oats extract or the other stuff too. Oh, all of it. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely recommend checking out the oat 
meditation with Robin Rose Bennett. I just think it's super, it's fun to just do this meditation where you're essentially pretending to be this plant. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like it's just another way to kind of get to know the herb, you know, to try to embody yourself as that particular plant. Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm actually taking a nature writing class right now. And that's like the a frequent like nature writing prompt is like, oh, you feel wow. like you're the plant or you're the animal and to write about it. So that and just cool. actually Robin Rose Bennett, I'm going to be interviewing her in a couple of weeks. So spoiler on that one, but yeah. <laughs> yeah she's amazing. Uh, she, so she has that meditation in her book, the gift of healing herbs. And then she, it's also on the herb rally YouTube, YouTube channel where she actually guides you through it as well. So yeah, that's kind of what I used. I just listened to her soothing voice and I just stand there in a field. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. I almost feel like we should back up a little bit because sure. I walked into this just thinking everybody knows oats. And of course, everybody does know oats, like oatmeal, right? Yeah. But some people might be new to the concept of this different kind of oats and how to use it as medicine. So do you want to walk us through that? And like, what are we even talking about? It seems like halfway through the show, we should define <laughs> what we're talking about. Uh, like what is an oat? Yeah. Like what is, what are we talking about when you're talking about oat straw or milky oat extract? And how is it different yeah. from oatmeal? To, to the best of my knowledge, it's a grass, it's a grain and the, the oat top is the, I believe the unripe seed. And then you squeeze it and you'll see that little milky substance come out. I know that that's where a lot of the medicinal value comes from. Uh, the oat straw is, I believe every other part of that grass that's then been dried and cut and sifted. And then oatmeal, I believe is the, the ripe seed that's been pressed. And of course there's all sorts of different types of oatmeal you can consume, which is like your quick oats, your oat groats, all that kind of stuff. I don't know what I used for oatmeal probably just your standard regular organic oats oatmeal mm -hmm. uh, did that do it justice that did do it justice yeah so it's all the same plant yeah and herbalists we are often using oats like oatmeal but more commonly talking about the oat straw then when yeah. they're in that fresh stage which mason was talking about like you squeeze it and the milk comes out that's what you're using to make the milky oats extract with yeah yeah and so bringing it back to the California trip where we were robbed and everything, we actually ended up going back down to Arcata. And on the way back, we visited Oshala Farm in Southern Oregon, Oshala Farm in Southern Oregon, hanging around their, their farm and just walking over. And there was a giant plot of just what looked like grass, essentially. And I was joking, oh, is that your grass field? It was kind of embarrassing because it was their <laughs> oat field. <laughs> But yeah, it just it just looked like a bunch of grass. Once I saw it, I was like, ah, oh, now I get to hang out with the the oats, you know. So yeah, did that help with the meditation? <laughs> get a sense yeah. of that. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I know what it looks like when it's fully grown, but it just looked like the short grass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, you have a recipe for us, which I found really fascinating because of course I've had oatmeal in my life, but it's always sweet and you have a savory oatmeal for us. So I want to hear more about the savory miso oatmeal. Yeah. <laughs> so to be quite honest, I do actually make oatmeal savory in a savory form on a regular basis. And for some reason, when I knew I had to make a recipe for Rosalie, I was like, oh, I kind of want to make it a little more 
special and funky. But yeah, typically what I do is I, instead of using water to cook oatmeal, I'll use a broth of some sort, like bone broth or whatever. You could use any kind of broth and yeah, to flavor it, you could use, I always then put some sort of like fried egg or something on it with some sort of pickled vegetable as well. And, and the test is Amanda likes it as well. And she's kind of more of a normal person when it comes to eating. So if she likes it, it's, 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 it's good. So I'm, I'm just trying to preach savory oatmeal because it's, I think it's underutilized and not many people do it. But for the recipe that I did for the podcast, we, we did it with bone broth, miso, kimchi, shiitake mushrooms with some tamari and honey and stuff like that. So I was just trying to get fancy and show off. It's very fancy. Kind of reminds me actually of like a traditional Chinese medicine tonic soup. You know, it's like so deeply nourishing. I could see having that like as you're recovering from an illness or just if you're feeling depleted because it'll be really easy to digest and filled with all sorts of nutrients very comforting yeah it was interesting when i was i think i mentioned during the oat challenge for the 30 days i was trying to read or watch youtube videos you'd be shocked at how many doctors on youtube say how bad oatmeal is for you Hmm. and and i don't know if it's like a carb thing or something I've eaten my whole life. I I really vibe with it. So I guess just listen to your body. I don't know. I think it's full of vitamins, minerals, and fiber and, and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Too, so. Plus it's really cheap. So I don't, I think that's accessible that way. Yeah. I, I love it. And I do like, like a sweet oatmeal too, with like, you know, nuts and raisins and honey and stuff like that too. But yeah, I think give uh give it with some broth to try. Nice. I also love oats and I don't buy into oatmeal and I don't buy into them being bad at all. Like you said, they're so full of nutrients as well as fiber, which I think fiber is just so underrated. I, you know, more and more research is coming out showing that how much fiber we eat determines the health of our gut flora way more than taking probiotic pills does. So it needs to be a lot of fiber and a lot of different kinds. But one thing I love about oats is oat bran. I, we go through a lot of oat bran. Like there's hardly anything we make. Like we'll make waffles or cakes or bread always has oat bran in it because nutritious, lots of fiber. So yeah. big fan. Yeah. I, I, maybe I need to do an, a 30 day oat bran challenge, but I, I don't, I didn't consume any of that. Although I will say our friends, Heidi and Ethan just made us some buns the other day. We, we had a sandwich with them and they made it out of oat flour. So yeah, it's very oh, versatile yeah. too. Yeah. Nice. Well, I, I'll send you some recipes. I've got the astragalus shiitake cookies. I put oat bran in there. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 I put them in my oat cakes. Yeah. Oat bran goes in practically everything at our house. That's awesome. Would you have anything else you'd like to share about oats? Hmm. I, I, I think just bringing it back to what you said, if you've never tried an oat straw infusion, I would just recommend it's super easy to make and just try it for a week or so and see how you feel. Unless you have, you know, concerns about celiac and that kind of stuff. But yeah. And something about that too, definitely there's the celiac concern is term as far as herbs go, when you're getting oat straw and milky oats, those are most often grown on herbal farms who aren't also processing wheat because there's sometimes there's that problem of contamination because people who grow oats often grow wheat. And if they don't separate them very carefully, then they can be cross-contaminated. So with milky oats and oat straw, you always want to be careful, go slow and see how you do. But there isn't as much concern about cross-contamination when it's coming from an herb farm like that. True. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm excited to hear about people's 
oat straw immersion. I think that'd be a fun <laughs> thing to hear from folks. And yeah. it is so deliciously yummy. I love it cool. Mm -hmm. I love it in the summertime, like cold. That yeah. is delicious. It's so like it has a little bit of demulcency to it. And so it's just like soothing coating when it's super hot and dry here. Oh, it's so good. Mm -hmm. Well, Mason, I would love to hear what projects that you have going on right now. Yeah, I mean, so I started Herb Rally about seven years ago and started out just as listing herbalism events. Then we expanded to herbal monographs. Uh, we're up to maybe 70-ish monographs. I believe you have one in there as well on hops. On uh, hops. <laughs> <laughs> and then it morphed into the podcast. What we're really excited for right now is our YouTube channel. All I needed to do was marry a videographer and uh, <laughs> that really helped out. So now we're, we're producing videos each week for our YouTube channel. And we just started like a, a membership site as well, kind of an homage to John Gallagher in a way because Herb Mentor really was super influential in the early days. But yeah, I, I'd say the thing I'm most excited for right now is the, the YouTube channel for sure. Oh, cool. So yeah. Yeah, so you've got Herb Rally, which is a must to check out for everybody. And then within that, it's like the herbrally.com. And within that, it's this umbrella of all these fun ways that you're sharing about herbs. And and tell me about your freebies section, because I think folks will be interested in that. Sure. Yeah, I mean, so basically, if you go to herbrally.com, the top little navigation bar, it says freebies right there. And you could sign up for the email newsletter, and, and you'll get access to these herbal freebies. One of them is a calendula ebook by Rosalie de la Foray. Oh, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> There's also a 32 page nutrition book by Plant Healer. There's also an 86 page ebook co-branded for Herb Rally and Plant Healer. There's an hour long adaptogens class and a video class with Bevan Clare on five herbalism events that you must attend around the world. So Ooh, yeah. yeah. Well, those are some awesome freebies. So definitely yeah. check that out. Get on the newsletter. I'm on the newsletter. Awesome. And yeah, I highly recommend it. <laughs> well, Mason, the last question I have for you is the question I ask everybody in season four. And that is, what do you know now that you wish you had known when you had just started working with herbs? Yeah. And I deliberately didn't listen to any other answers because I didn't want it like affecting with what my answer might be. So I, I, it's going to be fun for me to go back and listen to. And I actually struggled with this question at first. And then I realized, oh, it's probably what I tell every, you know, beginning herbalist, which is basically herbalism and herbs are more than just cut and sifted dried plants. I remember when I first started going out in the woods with the Columbine school, we'd bust out our little loops and stare at flowers, tiny little flowers and the old growth, you know, Western cascades for hours on end. And it eventually becomes almost like this inadvertent, like spiritual practice. And you end up developing relationships with these living beings. It's and then every spring and summer, when you see them pop out, you'd be like, Hey, I know you. And, and it ends up becoming like this relationship thing with the plants as opposed to just kind of this like sterile. I love apothecaries and I love going to, you know, herb shops and stuff like that and checking out all the herbs and, and that kind of thing. But I don't think anything really beats getting out into nature and developing relationships with these plants one-on-one in their natural environment. And, and that goes also, I'd say, I don't have much experience with gardening herbs, but also gardening herbs and, and, you know, tending to your own garden and that kind of thing, if you can do that. But yeah, definitely getting out there and, and having a relationship with the plants. 
Oh, I love that. I couldn't agree more. I definitely, I fell in love with herbs like through books initially. And, yeah. but it really, and it was so exciting and fun and I wanted to learn more and more, but once it, I, you know, brought it outside and like you said, having those relationship with the plants, it was a whole game changer that just for me is like really like the raison d'etre. How do you say that? Like the, the, like why we're here ultimately and what keeps me going every day. So thank you for sharing that so beautifully. Well, Mason, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thanks so much for joining us and thank you for having me. Yeah, we'll be in touch soon, I'm sure. Sounds good. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. For the listeners, don't forget to head over to herbswithrosaliepodcast.com to get free access to Mason's savory miso oatmeal recipe. Also available are the complete show notes, including the transcript. You can visit Mason directly at herbrally.com. I deeply believe that this world needs more herbless and plant-centered folks. I'm so glad you're here as part of this herbal community. Have a beautiful day. Hey, thanks again for spending your valuable time with me today. I hope you found today's episode helpful. And if you're a new listener, thanks for checking out the show. And don't forget that you can find all the recipes, links, and show notes over at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. While you're there, you can subscribe and get updates when new episodes release and even submit your requests for future podcast episodes. The world needs more people who are connected to the earth and the healing gifts of plants. I'm so glad that you're here for this adventure. Thanks for listening. Thank you to Rising Appalachia for the use of their beautiful song, Resilience. Listen to more from Rising Appalachia at risingappalachia.com.